Welcome back to another episode of It's Time to Be You, the podcast to help people pleasers take control and finally put themselves first. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter, and I'm a recovering people pleaser and certified life coach on a mission to help you become who you truly want to be and live life on your terms. On some level, we have all had negative life experiences and how we decided to handle those experiences has impacted who we are today. And we always have a choice in how we react to things. And even if we didn't react appropriately at the time, we can choose a new path. We can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond and how we move forward. And trust me, I know that's easier said than done, but we can work on it. And today we are joined by Kimberly Bell, who has experienced childhood abandonment, physical and sexual abuse, depression, PTSD, and other trauma. And she has made it a choice to accept everything she's been through, embrace it all, and choose herself. She is now a speaker and an author, and today we discuss her journey to self-love, leaving toxic relationships, prioritizing her mental health, and putting herself first. This episode will encourage you to heal from your past and bring more joy into your present. Enjoy! Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm just looking forward to everything that you're going to share with us, but to just get started. Just give us a little overview of who you are. Well, you know, I'm an inspiring speaker. I'm now an author. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can put that on my <laughs> resume. Yes. It's just an honor to be that. And, you know, my passion is just to be able to speak and motivate and inspire whoever that is able to, you know, listen or just need some type of hope or a piece of truth or a nugget of just pressing because it's a journey that we feel like you know we all need sometimes a little nudge to keep pressing or an encouragement words to say okay even if you've stumbled or you fell you know you can get up you know yeah. it doesn't have to be the end you know and I'm here mm-hmm. and sometimes people just want need to know that you're here and that you understand right. so I just that's part of me. And I, you know, I do full-time work. I'm a case manager and I love doing that, helping families navigate resources and fighting for their requests in life of how they want to live their life. So it's almost like a twofold because I'm fighting for mine, but I also love to fight for other individuals and families that says, you know, Hey, you know, I want resources set up in my home so that I can live a quality life. And I'm there to navigate that and monitor that. And I'm like, yes, Okay, so I got the twofold one. And then I'm also a parent, a single mom of four adult children. And then I have a minor that's six going on 70. But (laughs) I'm just, you know, that is pretty much my passion about me (laughs) right now. Yeah, I love it. I mean, you've got your hands full. I do. (laughs) But you have so much energy doing it. So I'm so excited to just kind of I mean, have you always been this energetic and happy or like, I have always been kind of charismatic and passionate about what I do and what I say. Sometimes that used to get me in trouble in church (laughs) because I had my foundation in the denominational church Mm -hmm. and it was more so like kind of chill out. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to say all that. (laughs) Doing a little too much. (laughs) But, you know, it was a learning experience for me because it helped me to cultivate that with inside of me and be, I guess, just comfortable in my own skin and be like, 
now I've been there where it's been told, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> you know, we're mm-hmm. it chill out. You know, you don't have to speak on that topic or you don't until where it's really made me even passionate and understanding that I have a voice. Mm-hmm. I have a voice to be heard. And right. as long as I'm speaking my truth, I can be as passionate as I want to be and charismatic because that is a part of me. That is just part of my personality, you yeah. know? So it's really helped in ways of shaping that. Right. I've always tried to explain a lot of the no's and a lot of the bads that happened in my life. I would get done all over again just to encounter the goods Mm. and the outcomes of how I had to grow and how I had to mature and how I had to find myself I would experience every last one of them again wow I mean that's such a good (laughs) outlook to have of seeing like you know even the bad experiences as they were a lesson for you and they taught you something and you grew from them yes yes Yeah. And I love that you, you know, are using your gift of your voice and that you have something to say to speak into other people. So tell me a little bit more about like, how did you get into speaking and like, why? How did this happen? Well, publicly it started in the church, but seemed like from the time that I started to be a young adult, I've always found myself being pushed in the front. (laughs) the front four light. I remember when one of the experiences in my life would have been such a humiliating experience. I turned it around where I went back to school. I had quit in 11th grade and I had enrolled in one of the first programs in our hometown called the external high school diploma, where you could go back as an adult and get the same type of diploma that you would get in school. And I went and I had to have some tough love because it was a spirit of me that I just wouldn't complete things, even around household things. I would start a task. And before I would complete that, I would go into another task. And so I tried it in my, you know, in this other life that God was trying to show me, oh no, you're going to complete this. This is going to be the icebreaker of your procrastination and not wanting to complete tasks. So I got this tough love. I had a teacher that gave me a tough love near the end. I kept just fooling around and I would come and miss and hit every now and then. And she came to me one day, I came in there and she said, you don't have to waste my time and I'm not going to waste your time. You can leave. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, (laughs) what? You know, and I cried going home and she's like, until you're ready, if you really want this, you can come back. And so I did go back and about, I was selected to Mm -hmm. do a speech and to present, you know? And so I'm like, oh my God, I wasn't really ready for this. So it seemed like (laughs) throughout my life, I was pushed kind of to speak about my life or speak about, now, mind you, I'm, all of my kids were there. So I was had to be at least 24 years old with four kids. So, you yeah. know, it was just, it, it, you know, it's just a delight to know that how my journey was kind of orchestrated either do beyond my control or my control to kind of be pushed in a spotlight kind of right. and tell my truth, you know, mm-hmm. try to inspire other people. And so I would find myself in my work as I worked, started working with at-risk youths and adults with mentally mental illness, mm-hmm. you know, sharing when appropriate bits of my story, the mismiled diagnose and quitting school that, you know, mm-hmm. really encouraging to stay in school because you're going to have to go back and get it, you know? And <laughs> so 
it wasn't until the ministry and going through that journey and a season of my life that when the COVID hit, I, I just was like, it was like an epitome just said, you know, this is your time or never to put everything mm-hmm. into your life in the book form and a book format yeah. and put it on paper. Yeah. So. Wow. So before that, did you ever think that you would write a book? No, I had, I had many people before 2015 and even prophecies, and I'm just kind of leery about that, but it was prophecies <laughs> that said, yeah. you know, my, my life, you know, I, they seen me writing a book or having my, my life as a book. And, and so mm-hmm. I remember getting this idea from, I don't know whether it was from a class or a session or even, I don't know if it was from Oprah or whatever, but I started, I always wrote in journals, but I wrote a bucket list. And I remember, and I still have that bucket list up here in my office that I had seven things down. And the last one Mm -hmm. was love me and take care of me. But I really believe the fourth one was have my memoir completed by the end of 2017. Yeah. And I put in green, it happened in 2021. But I remember, right, you know, doing my bucket list, it was either the end of 2015 or going into 2016. So it it was there, but, you know, just manifested itself at the perfect time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So I want to talk more about your book in a second, but you said the last thing on your Mm -hmm. bucket list is to love yourself and take care of you. That was the seventh one was love me and take care of me. And I just, I just noticed that too. I was just like, (laughs) like, why is that a bucket list item? That's like an everyday item. This this is where my (laughs) mentality was of not understanding and getting that mental concept to love me. And it had to come into, in my book, I had came up with the phrase, accept and embrace it all. I had to really accept Mm -hmm. my past and set my broken foundation and then accept that I had to first start loving me for who I was and how I was created. Because some kind of way in my early years and in my young adult life and the journeys and the things that I went through, I found myself not worthy. I felt myself responsible for other people's actions and behaviors and what had happened to me. And I found that if my birth parents, whom was the two people that I first knew of, disappointed me Mm -hmm. so much that I doubted their love, then who in the world could love me? Why should I even Mm -hmm. love myself? Do you get what I'm saying? So I missed that from that first foundation. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a disappointment. It was such a disappointment for two people that I knew first Mm -hmm. to not come back and get me, not to reject me, to abandon me, to put that doubt in my mind that well, me and my birth father, I remember his actions and emotions was totally different from my birth mom. You know, he picked me up. We laughed, the, the look on his face and the expression. So I felt that emotion was love. It was quite different from my birth mom. But then you dropped me off. Yeah. And then as years right. went by, you act like I was never your daughter because you gave me to your sister. So where's oh, this? Wow. You, you get what I'm saying? I, it was very confusion. So yeah. that confusion hurt me so bad. It drowned my self-love to where I'm like, 
why should I love? Why should I feel, how should I even feel the love for myself if yeah. I doubted the two people that I first knew love me? What right. was it so much about yeah. me? What was wrong about me that they didn't fight for me or neither one of them kept me? Mm. Yeah. And so when did they give you up? At five. At five. And then do, do you have a relationship with them now my, at all? My, my birth father, he passed away about maybe 12, 13 years ago. I'm not sure, but he did build a relationship near the end of his death. And we had a one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. talk and I was able to let him know how I felt. And he understood yeah. and he did apologize. But yeah. my birth mother, we do not have a relationship. And she's still living. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. on, on well, her I mean terms. It's because of that's she doesn't want to accept, you know, me as her daughter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's really unfortunate that you, yeah. you know, that mm -hmm. that happened and that you don't have a relationship mm -hmm. with her, even though she's still around. I mean, things could change. Could change. But, and I had yeah. to heal to right. the fact that I couldn't weigh that responsibility on me. It was too much of a burden. Exactly. I had to really, yeah. once I released that book and I said, accept and embrace it all. And when I seen her mm -hmm. at the funeral at my adopted mm -hmm. mother's funeral, she came to my adopted mother's funeral. She's never called me. Mm -hmm. She never wished her condolences to me. And she knew this woman, you mm -hmm. know, this was her yeah. at one time, her sister-in-law, but it was like, right me and my children never mattered. She never talked to us about it or called and we still live in hometown, but she was on the program at my adopted mother's funeral. But that was mm. a opening, an eye opener. And because I had been working on myself to love myself, I used that, yeah. that experience as an icing on the cake, that this is what mm -hmm. she wants of right. no relationship with me as a mother and a yeah. daughter. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to that because especially, I mean, so much of like how we see right. the world and how we see ourselves is like solidified when we're right. children. So for you to go through that confusing experience, right. like there's, it's like no wonder that you, you know, dealt with loving yourself and knowing that you were worthy and accepting yeah. yourself. And I mean, even people that don't have you know, that circumstance, I think we can all kind of relate to that of trying to, you know, seek approval or acceptance from our parents because, you know, parents are trying to do the best right. that they can, but then we still try to like do like, oh, they love us if we do this. Or we think we come up in our mind of like, oh, this is what love looks like or how we need to right. act or whatever. So when you kind of started to really heal and, you know, accept the fact that, you know, you had to love yourself regardless of what your birth parents thought of you. Like, what did you do to come to terms with well, that? Well, I had to be clear of the journey and take yeah. a kind of look back of my journey of people pleasing and trying mm. to fix everyone else around me or making sure that my life fit their life. I was the best thing possible to be in their life and worthy to be in their life. And oh my gosh, they accepted me. I just gave my all, you know, not even worrying about right. what I could benefit from or how, you know, I would be continued to be filled up either by spiritually, mm -hmm. emotionally, mentally, that didn't matter as long as I was giving. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty. As as I was giving, I'm just like, oh. so at first I had to accept that and look back and I was like, oh my gosh, Kim, it's got to stop. I yeah. had to conclude that the anxiety, the depression, the burden, the weight of people pleasing or worrying about what people would say or what people would think, or, you know, as you said, validate. If nobody couldn't understand that, you know, I hurt or that, as you were saying, I miss a mom figure or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm chasing after a mom figure, then the world is just going to fall to pieces because no one understands, you know? And I said, I can't continue yeah. to live in this kind of mentality of this bondage. I have to free. Right. I have to feel free. I have to find some type of freeness of life, of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, of just why this right. is the reason why I was created. I wasn't created because it get to a place in your life like you know you feel like you were created for just the bad just the encounter Mm -hmm. of why in the world why is this happening right why should this happen you know and as a child that puts a little bit more of an emphasis on it because you're thinking in a child's mind yeah and so I had to look at that and say you know as a child mind, I kept chasing and going into young adulthood, into adulthood with this feeling of anxiety, of rejection, of abandonment, mm-hmm. of hurt, of pain, of not wanting to let go, not feeling like I can go on of a situation that has to be let go. <laughs> Right. You know? Yeah. People, I want it on my terms. I want you to stay in my life as long as I want you to be in my life. Don't try to leave my life because I can't <laughs> take it, you know? Right. <laughs> so I just like, right. Yeah. And then you're doing everything yes. you can to keep and them in their life, whether anything that comes. Right. Exactly. Right. And like whether they're actually right. good for you or not, you're holding right. on tight. So then how did you, like, once you made that decision that you couldn't, you know, keep going that way and hold on to those things. Like what kind of actions did you take to maybe like drop the people pleasing and, you know, let go of some of those expectations? Well, like I said, first I chose, I chose it had to stop. I chose toxic relationships, generational curses, unhealthy lifestyles just had to stop. Mm -hmm. And it had to start with me. I had to choose me. I had to choose. Yeah my self-worth. I had to choose what type of life I wanted to live, not what anybody else wanted Kim's life to be like, but what kind of life I want to have. And then on top of that, is this the type of life that I can live with? I Mm. can choose a type of life that I have no regrets of. This is a type of life that I can choose to live with. Because like five, seven years ago, I didn't think I could make that choice. I don't even think I was willing mentally to make that choice. Yeah. I mean, I love that you say that it, you made the choice because I do believe that it's a choice. We have a choice in everything Mm -hmm. we do and our choices, you know, affect the direction of our lives. And even when we think we're not making a choice, we're we're making a choice by not making (laughs) And almost a lot of things that we do, we are choosing (laughs) Free will. Right. Yeah. Free will. <laughs> yes. So I'm kind of curious of like, I mean, once you made that decision to choose you, 
what did your life start to look like? Like did people kind of drop off or did they give you pushback? Yeah. Yeah. Some things were drastic that let me see I'm going on the right path and this is not for me. Yeah. Certain things went drastic and I was able to think back on different types of experiences that I had was able to embrace and encounter through my career, through my work. I remembered being a DUI counselor for four years. And I remember saying to Mm -hmm. them, help me help you. So that was a ring back in my head when I started choosing doing one of my marriages that didn't work. Mm -hmm. I reached out and I went to see my first mental health therapist in one of my marriages Mm -hmm. that didn't work. And so I remembered that piece. And so what I did was when I started feeling uneasy and I I feel like this drastic change because I'm choosing Mm -hmm. me, I don't know if I can work this out. I immediately called my mental therapist. Wasn't the same one, but I used that coping skills because I remembered the experience. You get what I'm saying? Right, so I, yeah. But once again, like we're talking about, I had to choose that. When I started feeling uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. it was, it was one the last relationship I was in was a terrible, was a traumatic, once again, breakup. It was a physical yeah. abusive encounter that I had had with this person mm-hmm. that I poured my all and my love and tried to help, you know, and it was a drastic it was a drastic change that happened in the relationship that I had to, I had to remove myself. I had to get out. And when I seen the door, mm-hmm. the opening door, it still hurt. It still, I still needed right. the support. Of course, my children was there, but at times they couldn't even give me what I needed. So once again, I chose to get my mental therapist on board back in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I started continuing to invest in myself, meditate. I use a connection also with God. Some people have a different higher power being that they reach out to, but mine is God. So I started building and strengthening my connection, my spirituality. And it wasn't about being physically in church. Mm -hmm. It was more so my mentality, leaning and depending on him to change my thinking, to help me in my emotions, to help me in my, in my feelings. So what I had to do, I started concentrating and focusing on less on my relationship or the other person or the hurt or the pain and started concentrating on what I wanted to be strengthened, which is that relationship. Mm with God. Right. Yeah. I started focusing on more of myself. I was getting, you know, if I wanted to go to lunch or dinner and sit right in a bar or a booth Mm -hmm. right by myself, I deliberately did it for, for me to find the comfort for me to get that alone time. And to me to invest in myself to say, this is okay. Now you're choosing this and you Mm -hmm. see that it's okay to do. You're looking at other people and you don't feel guilty. You don't feel bad. Even when you see different people in family dynamics, maybe a mother and a daughter, maybe a mother and a father and a daughter, maybe a mate and and their wife. But because you're sitting there, you can just observe and be in the moment. I had to choose to do that. I had to, you know, and, and stop focusing on more on what. I want in my life, which I do want to be married again, or being a single mom, having a lot of duties, having a lot of bills that I want to work on my credit, just living in the moment, just investing in me and finding what is helping my spirit. And that alone time, Mm -hmm. and even sitting at a bar when I'm the only African American there, it felt peace. 
about peace. Yeah. And I've, I got to find, I got to meet new friends, people that as I'm walking out, I'll see you again, come back over here again. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> but good food. And I'm just like, okay, it's a learning lesson in the experience of yeah. finding your own self-worth and your self-love by choosing to do it, to invest in yourself, just taking them steps. But you can't, like I was saying before, at times you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. And at times when you find that you have to reach out for help, make sure that you're getting, choose the positive Mm -hmm. help, choose the help, think back on the things that did work. Because I had to also be reminded of of the things that didn't work. And I didn't want to fall mm-hmm. into a digressing moment of that. I remember just right. like in the DUI counseling, that tidbit, I also remembered, I said, this is what I'm not going to do. I chose not to get in the bed and hide doing yeah. that traumatic experience of that breakup. It came in mm-hmm. my mind, but I'm just giving an example yeah. of, I said, now what I'm not going to do is isolate myself. Right. I've done that before. Yeah, it's like, Felt yeah. like, let me just hide. He's doing the most. I mm-hmm. feel, you know, unworthy to even show my face, knowing that it's not my fault, but it's just because I internalized so much. Here is a right. breakup of that I invested in four years, you know, and mm-hmm. what, what should I be seen for? You know, just let me go into, I said, this is what I'm not going to do because I remember before exactly. doing that, it did not work. So I'm not going to go right. back in this bed and I'm not going to get depressed and I'm not going to put the covers over my face. And I'm not going to, but God helped me to see what my next move is going to be. And then I started, like, I, yeah. like we were just talking about earlier, started focusing on what brings life to Kim. What brings mm, joy to me? Yeah. Don't worry about anybody else. What brings joy to me? What brings happiness to me? What brings life into me? What brings peace mm-hmm. to me? And once I started finding what brings peace to me, when I started capturing peace and holding on to peace, I yeah. also wrote on, on my website one time, I fight for peace and I fight to keep it. Once you get peace, yes. <laughs> once you start having it... <laughs> that little bit of peace you it's hard for you to just give it away you gotta fight extra hard to keep it so then I started and choosing my different environment and choosing my different who's in my inner circle Mm of bringing peace and happiness and strength and growth in my life and what I found you know changes happen some people that you have and that I felt that would be in my travels and my journey forever wasn't meant to was just meant to be there during different seasons for me to get to a certain level. Right. Yeah. I had to be okay with that. And for a person like me, and I don't know if anybody else is listening that knows a kind of the, our personality, but a person like me, that was hard to grasp. It was hard to grasp. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. a people person. I want everybody to come. I want Yeah. <laughs> you just come on. <laughs> you just come on. Yeah, it's like, you're in my life. You're supposed to stay here. <laughs> come on, come on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I love it. I mean, a couple of things that you've shared that I'm just really glad that you brought up is like, one, number one is that, that you saw a mental health yeah. therapist and that you got help because I mean, that in itself uh-huh. is hard to do, especially like when you are not doing well, but you know, when you're making a change, it's like, you need a therapist or a coach or someone like whatever level you're at, you're, you need someone to help you because like that change is going to be hard. And 
you know, if you want to keep up with the change and like push through, cause it's really easy to, to go back, you know, to the past life or, you know, go back to your comfort zone and what's yes. easy. And then the fact that you were aware of like, I'm not going to go back into that bed and be depressed and go back through that cycle. That's another thing like we can get into is just like, well, that that's comfortable and safe. Whereas like, if I, you know, stand up for myself and make a change, like choose me, it's going to get uncomfortable because I'm going to have to do some like mm-hmm. new things that I don't know right. if I'm going to like or not. <laughs> at least even though this is crappy, at least I know right. it's right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just love that you took the steps to really put yourself first, take care of yourself and, and find out like what you needed and what brought you joy and what you enjoyed. Cause I think so often, you know, we just get caught up in our life that we're, we don't even actually know what brings joy to us. Anymore. And as a mother so just, of five, yeah. I remember one time, yeah. yes, <laughs> is I one time I was in a conference and a conference setting and a lady, an elderly lady, they were little then. And I still had yeah. them. And, you know, I just remember her statement and she seen me at the table and she said, what do you enjoy mm-hmm. doing? And I couldn't tell her. I just looked at her with this look like, <laughs> but I remember going back to the hotel room crying. And even though I stayed yeah. in a marriage at that time for a while, I remember mm-hmm. mentally how I was overcompensating me being a mother and that my children was my world. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. I can speak in confidence. I don't do this for Manye. I don't do this for my adult children. I do this for me. Mm-hmm. I love me and find my self-worth and invest in me for me, not because of my children. Mm -hmm. And I love them to death. I call my children, my heartbeats and my grandchildren, my, the strings of my heart. But when it comes Mm -hmm. down to investing in me and starting my day about me, I do. And I don't feel selfish. I feel good about it because one thing I have learned is when I choose me first, I can't give, Mm -hmm. I can't give them nothing but the best of me. Exactly. Yeah. I love that so much. I mean, and I love that you say that it's not selfish because it's not, it's like, we've got to take care of ourselves because I mean, I love the phrase, like you can't pour from an empty cup. Like if you don't have your cup full and overflowing, it's like super draining and hard to, you know, fill someone else up. So I love that you, you know, are putting yourself first and choosing you. And another thing that you said was that you know, you've got to fight for your peace to and keep your peace. Cause I mean, that's another thing. And especially as people pleasers, you know, we, we want to keep the peace with everybody and we want things to, you know, like no conflict or anything. We want to please people. So they like us and stuff, but it's like, but is that bringing right. you peace? Like you need peace within. Yes. And cause and you gotta accept. Gotta and I it. had, and it was the hardest thing yeah. to do for me to accept. Everyone's not going to like yeah. you. Everyone like you. Everyone does not need to be you to be in their life. <laughs> no matter how right. nice we are. And that's okay. And it's okay. <laughs> there you go. So finally, mm. I got it at 40 something years old. You know what had hit me so hard and my exes would do it all the time. They would say, mm. and this phrase would almost eat me alive. You're talking about somebody going and uh meltdown, just the words, I don't want you my gracious. Mm. And it would be such an attack. And I remember not accepting it and not understanding until after I got this invested in myself to find 
out that it was a broken foundation of that word of yeah. I don't want you because it felt like that abandonment again. It felt like those two right. parents again. And so I yeah. was like, I got to change this thinking. I can't have a meltdown and I can't feel like my life is in a disaster just because they say they don't want me. And so finally right. in my 40s, so if anybody, you know, feel like they're too old to get it, let me tell you, you're not, you know, just get yeah. it. Finally, I got it. Let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. If anybody, whether I don't care what it is, it says, I don't want you to be like, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that is perfect. <laughs> you don't yeah. want me. Oh my gosh. When did you come to that re revelation? <laughs> that is the best thing <laughs> I could ever hear because I know it would eliminate a whole lot of drama in the future of letting that right. person realize that and say that and let them go. You know? Yes. That is so powerful. Cause I feel like so many people, you know, especially like when they're in relationships and stuff, like, yes, we want the person to love us and be with us. And especially if we're, you know, invested in them and like, yeah, it would be such a dagger to the heart to hear someone say, I mm -hmm. don't want you. But then like my thing that I like always try to tell like my friends or something, like if they're in a relationship that doesn't work out, I'm just like, well, if that person, if you thought they were great, then just like know that there's someone more amazing out there for you. Like, good, get rid of that person that doesn't right. want you because there will be someone who right. actually does right. want you and it shouldn't tear away from you or take away from you. But I, I love that you're just like, good. Yes, <laughs> finally, because I remember yeah. those days and it's been many of times and it seemed like almost every relationship hit with that target, mm -hmm. either by the phrase identical to what I said, or almost identical yeah. to letting me know. And I really believe those times were building me up for it to break this rejection mm -hmm. and abandonment cycle that I was going through to get it to say, Kim, right. you know, no, everyone's not going to like you. Everyone's not going to love you. Everyone's not for you. You're going to have to deal with disappointments. You're going to have to deal with outcomes that does not come your way, but it should not take the love from you and your self-worth. Yeah. It just shouldn't. Oh my God. Exactly. That's so good. Yeah. And so <laughs> yes, it will not. I love it. So I choose, and I'm just so glad to be able to inspire and let other people know, Yeah. you know, the road hasn't been easy. Right. Suicidal thoughts. Yes. Even with four kids, I've been there even with kids yeah. of saying, why should I even live anymore? I can't live like this. I don't, mm. you know, too, I had to choose to change my mentality, to change my love for myself. Now right. I want to be here as long as God can have me here. <laughs> Hopefully I want to yeah. be married soon, you know, and live the life that God attended for me right. and for me to live this happy, fulfilled, well life, not a perfect life, but I know right. that a life can be fulfilled and happy and well. Yes. And so I'm curious because, you know, we all want our like happy, fulfilling mm -hmm. lives, but like life still happens right. and things get hard. Like how, how do you keep going when things do get hard? That's when, you know, what, like, I can give an example of, I just lost my yeah. adopted mother and 
she passed away in April and the outcome mm -hmm. of, you know, her passing away, even though me and her had to talk about the book, I did was able to have a one-on-one -on -one moment with her in the hospital a couple of times. I was able to tell her that I yeah. loved her, but the funeral and it was just really a hard event for us, my family yeah. and myself to be an adopted child and the way that my family, well, her brother and the other family members, well, some of them carried it where it was hurtful and it was disappointing. Yeah. And then my birth mother came there and she was in the program. I didn't even know she was <laughs> invited or you know, was going to be in a program, but it just yeah. showed me and my children how even though we are disappointed and the outcome is not like ours, our outcome mm -hmm. of pouring of love and unity and compassion for one another, that we can be an example by breaking the generational curse, by uniting yeah. together, showing love in spite of, we were just as humble. We were there together. We stayed there to the end. We went to the, you know, it was just one of those things that mm -hmm. we just, and I really believe it was because of the way I showed them, I raised them, but also my choice of a year ago, investing mm -hmm. in me and loving me and keep building myself up. It's, I remember a, a, a saying one time that said, a lot of times we look for it, like you were talking about the validation and encouragement. But once we start learning mm -hmm. to encouraging ourselves, it's taking yeah. that process to us to another level. And I had been working on myself mm -hmm. and I could feel it once that encounter yeah. happened, because when that happened on April the 11th, man, I was hurt, but I could see more strength that came out of that mm -hmm. far as me and maturity because right. I had chose a year earlier, didn't know that this was going to happen then to, to mm -hmm. set aside everything that I wanted in life and take time for me, take time yeah. for me. Even if I had to, as you were talking about peace, my adopted mom, I mm -hmm. would keep a lot from her. Even that last relationship that I was in, because I knew how involved she would try to be. And I didn't want to worry her. Mm -hmm. She was going, she was in her eighties. So I would always yeah. distance myself. I would call every now and then, but I would not set myself up to go around her to pour that type of energy or for her to know what was going on in my life and to, to hear her feedback that would make it worse on me because she's in that generational <laughs> era where you make your bed hard, you lay in it and da, 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 <laughs> you know, so <laughs> the choices that I made, I was so glad that I was able to strengthen myself through the outcome of the choices of saying, I don't regret it, but I also know that yeah. I chose me. I exactly. was still choosing me of not being disrespectful, right. but choosing that, I wouldn't even call it a separation, but the time apart for me to know when I could come around her and when I couldn't just to, as you said, protect mm -hmm. my peace, not only protect my, right. but protect my peace for number one, and then protect hers. But first, mm -hmm. because I would have found time that I would put me on the second burner and say, let me go to her. Mm. Regardless yeah. of what's going on in my life, let me go to her because she probably wanted to see me and come home right, in yeah. pieces. It wouldn't have done nothing good mm. for my spirit. And then I would have to get up in the morning, go to work, raise her. And so I'm so proud of myself. And I'm so proud that you're asking this. And I hope people are following what I'm saying, that it was a process that I 
chose to build. Yeah. And then looking back on it, those choices and those decisions I made, I was choosing me. I was choosing me. I was choosing me. Yeah. I think that's such a good example of just like the only person that we can control is ourselves. We can't control anybody else. And yeah, it's like when we control how we feel and how we handle things and choose ourselves, like that's all that matters. And that is so hard. But once you get it, I'm like running with that. I am not (laughs) responsible for anyone else's behaviors or actions that they do. Mm-hmm. And, and they do towards me what I can only control, like you said, and this is mm-hmm. what I live by every day is how I act, how I behave yeah. and how I respond. That's it. Exactly. That's, That's all you it. can do. <laughs> and so, I mean, there's so much that I could talk to you about, but tell us a little bit about your book, The Epitome yes, of yes. It's like, I mean, I think it's kind of like your story and a little bit of it what we're is. talking about, but tell us a little bit more so, about yeah, that. So yeah, so I started from the foundation, of course I had to, but the Kimmy yeah. came from my adopted dad. He called me mm-hmm. Kimmy and I'm a music lover. I love all types of music. I love Tennessee whiskey. I love it. Oh, I love the version of the one that originally sings it and then Kiki Wyatt. Like I, mm-hmm. I just love music. <laughs> so I heard this lyric in the song and it, she said epitome. And I'm like Googling and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I love that word. So when I was Googling and then it said yeah. the essence, I said, that's part mm-hmm. of it. I said, that's part of it right there. The yeah. epitome of Kimmy. I said, now I got to put that together. And so that's how I got the name, the title of it. And I started from the very beginning, from the foundation mm-hmm. of that I had to accept that was broken. And that was when I was five mm-hmm. years old, up until I was five years old, because I don't have any pictures of being with my biological parents when I was up to five. And I had a two-year-older sister with me at that time. And I was the only one that was given away and separated. And they remarried mm-hmm. and they had other kids and, and lives and stuff, but I never was reunited back with them. So I started from the beginning yeah. and then I took my readers all the way to my educational barrier when I was misdiagnosed from PTSD to mild retardation and all my children's births from the first time I got pregnant at 15, my first sexual encounter underneath my adoptive parents home, they didn't know. And it wasn't set up for it to hurt me. It just happened. So I took my readers through all my journeys that I had encountered all the way up until where I'm at now. Well, where I was at last year. Yeah, and that it just brought my essence. Each chapter brought my essence to understanding that accepting and embracing all of me, all of my journeys, and that it's still more to come. But it's a delight right. to know that I'm in God's hands and I'm created for love yeah. and to be loved. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And what impact do you want the book to have? And what impact have you seen from the book so far since it's been out? People said it's really inspired them to even tell their story because it's very transparent, but to not give up on hope. And I'm glad that it wasn't received that, you know, I've never wanted to look at being a victim, even when I was in school, when I was being Mm -hmm. bullied, I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me. I just wanted to be heard. So I'm so glad that it's more feedback that we all have a voice that needs to be heard. And that even though 
some of us have different lifestyles or different generational era. Mine was in what goes in a home, stays in a home, what you, you as a child, you act like a child, you talk like a child until you get pregnant, but you're, you're just yeah. a child. You don't have no right to say how you feel or your emotions. So a lot of that, right. you know, I have broke that generational through my own children that this is not the way life is. This is not the way life is. And that part one of my chapter said about the silent cry is that I don't believe any child should feel that way, to feel that they're silent and they're silent. And then I felt to carry that same spirit over into my marriages that I was silent. And until I, you know, and so I'm just, I'm glad that I'm inspiring people to have that courage have the courage like I did. I think also with what my dad used to tell me, he said, Kimmy, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So I, even Mm -hmm. though he passed away in 97, he taught me a lot of morals and values in my life that made me run with being so excited. And I know he's really up in heaven gleaming to see that I took that courage, still stay in my hometown, still my biological mother, siblings, all of us are still around, but nothing's going to stop me from sparing, you know, sharing my truth to help inspire someone else to not give up, to not feel like Mm -hmm. you have to run away from your truth or feel Mm -hmm. like there's no one going to be able to love you or feel like you have to hide or feel like your imperfections, your flaws are the reason why someone does the things that they do. No, you know, we got to get out of that mentality. So I'm just so excited. I'm just glad that my memoir will always be my baby because it was truly that's a little tad bit notch over (laughs) of one of the most courageous moves that I ever made. And when I say that it's because I would explain my transparency is because I believe my courageousness was leaving toxic relationships, abusive relationships. And I can't leave that out. I can't put that into because it took courage for someone like me and takes courage for women to choose their self and say, regardless whether I have kids by this person or not, Mm -hmm. I'm out and I'm not coming back. I'm not looking back. This is the last hit. This is the last time. So I've been there. So that's why I had to explain why I put that into the little top notch above my little courageous moves because of those things. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that you've (laughs) taken these courageous moves to choose yourself, get out of those toxic relationships and and put your story out there. Cause I, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love doing this podcast because we all have a story and I think stories can just help other people like get out of their own way or feel less alone or see that there's just a different way that they can live their lives. Cause you know, I think people can get stuck in what they think is their reality and feel like they have to be there. But if they see other people's stories and see someone else who got out of a toxic relationship or was able to choose themselves, even after like experiencing so many traumatic experiences, like that there's still hope. Like I just, I love that. So I'm so glad that you, you know, have shared some on the podcast today, but have written your book and, and are going to write another one. Where can people like, I guess, buy your book and then just stay connected with you so that they can be on the lookout for your next one. I'm on Amazon. The book you can get off of Amazon and Goodreads. And 
on my website, you are able to contact me, but on my website, it has the book and the cover and where you can order the book. And I love to travel, me and the many, and I would yeah. love to speak at any engagement that anyone feel that I would be a great asset to, to give some hope and inspire, you know, share my truth, share my story. Also, I have some mentoring sessions that I do. One is accept and embrace it all, but also it's another one that's mm -hmm. more about balancing life and a balanced beam of life is, is what it's called. And then another one more targeted on about loving yourself and exploring the abusiveness and mental, just the forms of abuse, you know, so it's just been exciting. But yeah, that website yeah. and then on the website, you'll be able to get to see all of my children and all of my grandchildren. I'm on Facebook also, Kimberly Ann Bell, and I'm on Instagram the same way, Kimberly Bell. First, I would say recommend is just shoot to my website. I'll also have a free download, eight affirmations eight uplifting mm -hmm. affirmations and they just came to me just before the new year and I was like oh my gosh and I read them myself sometimes I have to pull them up in front of me and read them myself so yeah 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 and what's the name of your website oh it's www.kimberlyann and with the e b-e-l-l.com yeah so, yeah. Awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely putting on. <laughs> Thank you so much. Too, but so. I'm just like on cloud nine. I'm I'm glad I'm in this season, but I don't want anybody to think, oh my gosh, she's arrived. No, I still go through challenges. <laughs> but one thing I can rest assured and be confident in letting you know, the more I invest in myself, the more I'm able to overcome each challenge with a smile. Oh, I love it. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and honored that you, you said, okay, for me yeah. to come on. Yeah. Awesome. So it's been a long time coming and, you know, we as women, you know, we just gotta, it's our season to get out, you know, to inspire one another and get out of this bubble. And, yes. you know, when one wins, we all win, exactly. but in winning is just accepting us for us, just yeah. how God created us, you know? You know, we're different, but yet we're so similar because we're women. Mm -hmm. We had those emotions, we had those feelings, and we had those pasts, and we have those traumas, and we have those 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 hiccups that we all have encountered, heartbreaks and disappointments mm -hmm. and failures, you know, that we had to turn into lessons, you know? So yeah. I'm just like, I'm so glad to be in the season of my life that people can't put a little, little little damper on because I'm like, yeah, I might be 49 going on 50 with a six-year-old, four adult children, but I'm rocking. I feel good. I feel good about every piece of season that I'm in my life because I'm like, girlfriend, if you knew the 10-year-ago Kim or the five-year-ago struggling and thinking that, you know, because of a toxic relationship has ended that I didn't, you know, I couldn't go on. What's going to happen next, you know? So mm -hmm. I'm like, now that you see this, I just want to expire and let you know that it's not always been like this. I chose I chose mm. to put the power inside of me and just be like, okay, I can choose this. Right. I can, you know, I can choose a life that somebody's going to see my self-worth. Somebody's going to see the love that I feel for me and love me the same way. Yes. I mean, I love all of your energy and everything that you're bringing. So, I mean, just thank you for thank being you. you and choosing thank you. you and thank you for being you. And thank so you good. for the platform <laughs> of being you because I would have been here. So thank you so much. <laughs> 
Kimberly is proof that your past does not have to define who you are. She has been through so much that could have stopped her from enjoying her life, but instead she took everything as a lesson. I love that throughout her journey, she became self-aware of old patterns and learned what she needed to do to break those habits to keep moving forward. She learned that investing in herself and making herself the priority was the key to everything. I hope you're inspired by Kimberly's story and for a deeper dive into her story and to learn how you can also find resilience, embrace your destiny and overcome adversity. I hope that you check out her book, The Epitome of Kimmy, Accept and Embrace It All. And as you're on your journey to healing and choosing yourself, it's helpful to have a tribe that supports you. So I hope you come join us in the free It's Time to Be You Facebook community where you'll receive support and inspiration and you can find that link in the show notes. It's time to accept your past. It's time to choose yourself. It's time to be you.